Really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How you doing? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet before we nursed. Oh, listen, Liberty, it's a shit feast. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. <laughs> top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard your second 60 minutes. It's the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about live fire things here. Still to come on this show this evening. Stephanie Lewis will be joining me to talk about casting for season two or the next run of the American Barbecue Showdown, which will be on Netflix. That's where season one was, of course. So get your pens and pencils ready. Hit record, make sure you save the link, do whatever it is that you need to do in order to give yourself the best shot at getting on next season if that's something that you're interested in. Don't forget you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok at BBQ Central on Snapchat slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook and Twitch. For video feeds, also slash R.D. Rempe on YouTube for a video feed. Additionally, if you listen to the show on podcast only, that's fine. I love that. You have the option for ad-free podcast feeds in two different places. Patreon.com slash BBQ Central Show. Or if you use the Apple Podcast app, if you find my show and punch into it, there's just a little banner there at the top that says, Something about don't want to hear me read ads again, sign up for the subscription, blah, blah, blah. Or do neither of those and listen to the show as you always have. And by the way, as 99% of you continue to do. Thank you. I think there's three. There's one Patreon person and there's two or three uh, I uh, Apple podcast subscribers. So nobody's getting rich. I'm trying something out and... By and large, everybody likes the show as is. And I have a feeling once... Well, I had to sign up for a whole year for some creative, stupid license that Apple charges you for. That's straight money grab right there. And then they take a percentage of whatever your subscription recur is, which is a a money grab right there. And Patreon takes money too. Don't be fooled. But it's much easier to deal with Patreon than it is to Apple. Apple is, quite frankly off-putting in how non-user friendly for as user-friendly as all their other stuff is supposed to be their apple connect is horrible it's like dos horrible that's how bad it is anyway i digress coming up on the best moments of the barbecue central show in 10 minutes or less this friday episode 195 if you can believe it, five away from episode 200. This will take you back to August 13th, 2013. And sometimes on this show, you will hear me refer to the quote-unquote 
golden age of barbecue. What does that mean? Well, 10 years ago, barbecue of all kinds, especially competition, was all over the place. A no more prevalent place than on the boob tube. Barbecue Pitmasters was the show of its time, and everyone who watched it realized that they didn't have to be a world-class athlete or even needed to be in any kind of physical shape whatsoever to be the best pitmaster in the country. And this brought a ton of interest into the industry. So in this week's episode of the Best Moments show, back in 2019, I convened a barbecue roundtable of sorts with two of the participants in that year's Barbecue Pitmasters TV show. One of them happens to be my one of my all-time favorite human beings ever and longtime supporter of this show, Dave Bosca of Butcher Barbecue. And one of my other favorite human beings of the world and pitmaster of Sugar's Barbecue, Lene Oxley. They both joined me and talked about their experiences with the show and both of them that year made it into the finals that time. Fun show, great info, great insight. So if you missed out, if you're just a youth getting into this movement and you've heard the stories of barbecue pitmasters, you know what? Does that even happen? Wait a second. Look at that. Chris Schaefer was in the live stream. Chris, how did I miss you? I'm sorry. Mr. Heavy Smoke himself. As Bill Hine was wearing a Heavy Smoke t-shirt. Sorry if I missed you, Chris. Hope you're doing well. Hope the restaurant's doing well. I was going to get out to see you when I went to St. Louis twice, but then I realized the drive to wherever you were was way more than I was willing to invest. Nothing against you. I would love to see you, but got to stay local when I don't know where I'm at. Anyway, I don't think there is now a time where if you have been born in the last 10 or 15 years, I don't think there's ever a time when you won't be able to go back and find something or watch something. Like for me growing up, it was like, oh, you missed this. You got to read about it in a book. Guess what? You don't have to do that anymore. You go to YouTube, go to Google, search it. 99% of the time, you're going to be able to, if it's not the exact footage there could be somebody talking or doing their own video about it, so you get a little bit more of a different reference in that point. So I would say if you've heard rumors and rumblings of this Barbecue Pitmasters TV show, well, you could just go to Destination America's because I think they run it nonstop. Or search it, or find it on YouTube, or make sure that shuts up. Or go back and listen to my show. You can hear Lene and Dave Bosca talk all about it this coming Friday on The Best Moments. And I think you'll find it interesting enough where you would punch into the full episode. And Because all of the episodes on The Best Of have the original programming links towards the bottom of the post. So make sure you scroll down and then punch into those and revisit an old show and see what it sounded like from top to bottom. Why not? And then there's this. Uh-oh. Taco Bell wants to sell you a 30-day taco subscription because everybody loves Taco Bell. Forget about Chipotle. Forget about Barrio, which is local here in Cleveland, or Not Not Tacos out there in San Diego. 
You name it. Taco Bell is testing a tasty monthly subscription service, according to CNNBusiness.com. At about 20 participating restaurants across Tucson, Arizona, customers can pay between 5 and $10 per month for a Taco Lover's Pass, which gives the subscriber one taco a day for 30 days. The app-based program is currently active until November 24th. A variety of tacos are included in the subscription, including a soft taco, the flagship product, a spicy potato soft taco. I didn't even know they made that. Crunchy tacos and it's Doritos tacos. Once a customer subscribes to it, a special section within the app is unlocked and the customer can add a taco to their cart during the checkout process. Subscription services are more common for streaming, but restaurants have also ex- uh, experimented with them. Panera has an eight ninety nine monthly program that lets customers get a free hot or iced cup of coffee every day. Burger King had a similar coffee subscription, but since scrapped it because their coffee blows. Taco Bell likely hopes the trial run turns casual customers into regular customers and increases enrollment in its year-old loyalty program. You know what? I disagree with that. I don't think that's what Taco Bell wants at all. This article goes on to sit here and say, the hope is that as you are at Taco Bell redeeming your subscription-free taco, whichever one that is you're getting, that you will also add on, hence increasing receipts through their subscription service. I don't think that's the case at all. What I think they want, because really, I mean, you're paying between five and ten bucks a month for one taco a day. I mean, what do tacos cost Taco Bell to make? Ten cents, fifteen cents? But forget all that. What they really want is for you to sign up so you feel cool at that exact moment of signing up for that subscription service for five or ten dollars a month. And then they hope that you do not Andrew. You are not the fire. They hope that you do not show up there ever again. And that you do not cancel or forget your subscription. So they make recurring revenue off those subscribers. $5, $10, $5, $10. I mean, think about it. How many times have you subscribed to some service I just freaking forgot about it. You don't use it. It's a little too far out of the way. You don't remember you subscribe to it. You're not paying attention on whatever card you have it charged you because it's only 5 or $10. Now, multiply that over thousands, if not millions of people that potentially might do it. It's a lot of easy recurring revenue for young brands. Think about it. It's convenient to say they want you to add to the receipt. That makes them feel better. But they're just hoping you forget about it so they can take your money. And while we're at it, can we please bring back the seven-layer burrito Uh with the guacamole in it? That's what I want. Anyway, caveat emptor when it comes to Taco Bell's subscription service. Or if at least you're going to do it, set yourself a daily reminder to go get your freaking taco every day. Don't fall victim to to their recurring revenue tactics.
I'm business savvy, you see. All right, let me talk to you quickly about Primo Grills before we get to Stephanie Lewis. What do we love about ceramic cooks? We love that they're fuel efficient. We love that they can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. We also love that they get rip-roaring hot for high-temperature grilling. But what's missing in the everyday lineup of ceramic cookers? The real ability to get true two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking, very important to both professionals and backyard cooks alike. It's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However, getting this in a round cooker, not very realistic. Why? Because it's round. Enter Primo Grill and their game-changing oval design. The shape gives you the ability to execute that two-zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well. Really, when you break it down, there's more than 60 different ways to cook on this thing. So you're only limited by your culinary imagination. We know some of the advances that have been made this year, like the new lift head, 8-pound lift, now instead of 35. But you're wanting more and more things. I get it. Go out right now and grab the most anticipated release accessory of the year, the Primo Grill Rotisserie. Incredibly adept at cooking chicken wings with ease, plus many other things that you can just toss in there. Coming soon, the Primo Pizza Grill accessory attachment as well, so keep your eyes peeled for that. The bottom line is this. Best ceramics in the biz, you bet. Patented technology, oh yes. True two-zone cooking capabilities. Oh, multiple sizes. And yes, if you just have to have a round one, they have those two. But really, consider the oval design. It really sets it apart. Go to primogrill.com for a dealer near you or check them out on Facebook or Instagram. Who's ready for a Primo? I'm ready for a Primo. I know Stephanie's ready for a Primo. And we'll be right back with her and one second to learn about season two of the American Barbecue Showdown. Stick around. We'll be You're listening right to the back. number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet. Currently available in three sizes now with a host of accessories to complete your Pit Barrel cooking experience. Whether you are a beginner or you are a professional or somewhere in between, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal, visit Pit Barrel Cooker. Com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. All right, gang, so last year, deep in the pandemic viewings of any and every streaming service, there arose a spark that grew into a flame and captured the hearts of many seasoned live fire cooks and, perhaps more importantly, a whole new legion of newcomers to the industry as well. And the show was called the American Barbecue Showdown. Had the likes of show fan and favorite guest, Sylvie Curry, Lady of Q, my man crush that year, Rashid Phillips, plus many more. And on the heels of what had to be a rousing success, Netflix takes note, decides a season two was in order, and nets have been set out to find the best new live fire talent this country has to offer. Here to help us talk through a bunch of this stuff is the casting director for season two of the American Barbecue Showdown. We race the hotline and welcome first timer to the show stephanie lewis joining me hey stephanie hi thanks for having me well thanks for letting me interview on this topic and i had gotten the news release or whatever it was a couple weeks ago from emily just saying hey could you mention it or what i was like you know what 
it's rare that I get the opportunity to maybe make the ask of talking through this whole beginning process of how a TV show gets made and especially the casting portion of it. So it's really fun for me to have you on the show here as we were able to make this happen. So before we get into any and all of that, maybe a quick background on you, how you got onto this show business thing, and then just to keep it a little live fire related before we get into the other talk, your passion or perhaps disdain for live fire cooking itself. Absolutely. Um, again, thanks for having us. We are so excited to be able to, you know, talk through it with you and uh, give your listeners and viewers a chance to understand our side of things a little bit more. I think people are sometimes confused about casting, but um, I have been in casting for over a decade and have done a myriad of shows. A good number of them have been cooking shows, um, but also game shows and dating shows, which really don't have anything to do with cooking. But uh, one of my favorite genres are cooking shows. So um, everything from MasterChef to Food Network shows. And now I'm very, very excited to be on uh, this season of Netflix's American Barbecue Showdown. So um, yeah, it's just a little bit about me. In your industry, do you mm -hmm. make roots or do you make a name for yourself in, in one portion of the entertainment sector and become that go-to person and that's why you continue to revolve around food or do you just have a passion for it and find yourself gravitating back to it to take part in it? Yeah, that's a great question. Actually, I was a big fan of watching food shows before I ever cast a food show. Um, so when I got my first chance to work on a food show, I jumped at it. Um, and then I think it was sort of a mutual uh, decision. I, people liked me in the food space. I liked being in the food space. And uh, sort of, you know, as opportunities arose, arose, I always gravitated towards food. So uh, don't get me wrong. I love game shows, love dating shows, but uh, nothing's better than being hungry uh, while you work. <laughs> so food shows is it for me. Who's the most famous person you've casted that perhaps was a nobody at the time of casting? Um, I will proudly say that uh, my first season working on MasterChef was season six, and I, um, in the very first room, at the very first open call, met the winner, uh, Claudia Sandoval, uh, you know, moved her through the casting process, and she's taken off. She's a judge now on MasterChef Latino, um, and just a wonderful human, and uh, yes, that's definitely one of the, the better success stories. Stephanie Lewis joining us here on the show, casting director for the American Barbecue Showdown second season. So uh, all three, Media America produces the show. That's the, the bigger umbrella company here. So logistically, is this a show that was put together in season one and was brought around to sell to services like Netflix or some of the other streaming services or maybe cable channels? Or does Netflix make a request out to All America to build them something that fits their wider ship vision for something like this? Yeah, that's a great um, question. So I did not have the chance to work on season one. I was turned out to be a fan of watching it and binging it. Um, but from what I understand, it was a concept that um, they had come up with and they were uh, you know, trying to see where the right home would be. I'm not sure of the exact logistics of it all and who reached out to who first and whatnot, but um, safe to say it found the right home. In your experience, do you find that it's the the network, uh, whatever that means nowadays, whether it's like the traditional cable or the streaming service? Is it like a 50-50 split, do you think, where 
they're going to people to get something produced versus uh, the other 50 coming in saying, hey, is this something you'd buy? Yeah, I think there is sort of like a symbiotic relationship. <clears throat> Production companies, of course, are always trying to generate um, new ideas and new concepts. Uh, at the same time, those on the network side have their teams that are doing the same thing. Um, and, you know, different networks look for different things. And it, it really comes down to timing and concept. And when something shines through as being unique and a little bit different, um, I think that, uh, you know, Netflix uh, took a chance and, uh, and it paid off for the show. Is that what you think happened? Do you think that it, or do, is there a standard metric that Netflix would operate off of? So a show is released, however many episodes it have, and then there's just rudimentary metrics that any show would have to meet in order for it to be renewed out to a second season or third season, you know, regardless of what it is, a cooking show or Ozark or, or whatever the case may be. Oh, I wish I knew the answer to that. I think that <laughs> is, answer lies in the heart of the Netflix team. Yeah. I'm not even going to try to touch that. Um, but for whatever reason, whatever metrics they do use, or uh, you know, whatever the case, they they decided that uh, American Barbecue Showdown absolutely de deserved a second season, and I think fans uh, agree. So. Stephanie, I'm going to make a bold statement here and check me up if yeah. you think I am way yeah. out of line. <clears throat> a right. season two of the American Barbecue mm -hmm. Showdown would not be happening had we not been in COVID watching times last year. In other words, people were home and watching anything and everything. And season one benefits from that, that under normal times it might not have. Interesting theory. I will, <laughs> I will admit that's an interesting theory. Um, I would counteract that with Please. there was suddenly so much content um, that the networks and streamers started putting out. You, you don't realize how many shows are waiting to air. Um, and once they realized everyone's at home and watching, you know, they had a lot of content to throw at people. So there were so many things that people could watch um, that I do think it's a testament to this show that something about it made people go, I like these people. I want to actually see who wins. Um, and I'm interested in what's going on here. So um, yes, we had time to watch shows, but at the same time, there were so many options. I, I think it was nice that this one stood up. Uh, when we were sound checking yesterday, and you just mentioned a couple minutes ago, you didn't work on season one, but you were a, a binge yeah. fan like many of us were. So how does the relationship yeah. for season two come along? Um, you know, I was so lucky uh, to, you know, know the people at All Three America. And when they mentioned that this might be uh, working out in terms of timing of my availability and the show coming about, I said, absolutely, I will wait for this. I am ready. Um, and so I think it was the one of the easiest decisions I've made in casting about which job to take uh, because I was such a fan and I, I did sit down. I meant to just turn on one episode and uh, my wife and I just watched it all. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a very easy transition for me and uh, I feel very honored. And now the job is to try to find a cast that's as likable and as amazing as season one, which is a tall order. Stephanie Lewis joining us here on the show, casting director for season two of the American barbecue showdown. So here's the good news for anyone who watched the show last year and they thought, Hey, I'm a way better cook than any of those schmucks on television this season. <laughs> you now have the opportunity to throw your hat in the ring. So let's start here, Stephanie. 
When did the call start right. and how long do people have to get this initial ball rolling on their end? Yeah, so we have been uh, casting for a few weeks, um, but we still have about three weeks of cast casting left. So time is of the essence. If people are interested, I cannot stress the importance of applying as soon as possible. Um, and you know, we love to get people in the mix and, and through the process. But yeah, uh, we have about three weeks left of casting. What is required of the applicant to start? And then, just for fun, let's assume they're running the gauntlet through whatever gauntlets there are in this kind of a process. What does that whole process look like from initial application to being offered to be on the show? Yeah, there's uh, there are definitely a lot of steps, but honestly, the first step is the easiest. It's an application. Uh, we want to learn information about people, what their story is, what their barbecue passion is, how that started, um, and what they're bringing to the table in terms of cooking and barbecue. Um, it's uh, it's a pretty simple, straightforward application. We do ask for a couple of photos and a quick video, which you can film on your phone as you're doing it or on your computer as you're doing it. Um, and then that gets your information over to our team. And we start going through it and sifting through and trying to find uh, the right fit for this this season. How many? Um, after that, go ahead. I was just going to say, how many ultimate competitors will there be in this season? That's a great question. Um, you know, season one was eight, and uh, I don't know if they're going to keep it that exact same number. Uh, we, too, on the casting side are waiting for that, you know, what size cast are you looking for? Uh, it'll probably be similar, but I can't say if it'll be exactly the same or not. You were going to finish a thought that you were saying before I so rudely interrupted. Oh, no. I was just saying after the application, if uh, you know, it sort of seemed like the right fit, and the next step is just talking to a member of our team and sort of just getting more of your story and information, and, and we take it from there. Is this something where you see a first general hopper of many hundreds of applicants, or is it many thousands of applicants? Um, you know, that is a question that I, it's hard to answer. We, we definitely have hundreds of applicants, um, but the process, you know, it doesn't get, uh, you know, we're not interviewing hundreds upon hundreds. We're very specific with what we're looking for and what we feel is the right fit. And, and, you know, we're really looking for outstanding barbecuers with big personalities and their own point of view when it comes to barbecue. So when we find that, you know, we, uh, we move them forward. So as a casting director, you're bringing the quote-unquote talent to the show. Is it the casting department's final call on who gets in, or are there also a number of other departments that are going to be interacting on the show that also give input to the final you know, 6, 8, 10, or whatever it's going to be? It's definitely a collaborative uh, decision. Um, you know, casting is just the first step, but you know there are executive producers that have visions for the show. Uh, the culinary producers, there's the network, um, so they all weigh in, and uh, there are people well above my pay grade that have the final say. Let's boilerplate it a little bit. You're casting pro, okay. obviously. You've been doing it for well over a decade in many different portions yeah. of the entertainment industry, and I assume there are things you look for in an applicant that would trigger a potential contestant versus we're just going to pass on to the next person. So what are the two or three most important things you would tell someone to do or have in their either application or video or both to give them the best shot at moving through the process? I'm not, tell, I'm not asking you, how do I get on the show, but just in general. Yeah, uh, I think the first one, and this is such a general rule on any show, is to be yourself. Uh, I think a lot of people want to 
you know, present themselves in a certain way or they think we want to hear something. Um, and that's not it. We want to hear your story, what makes you unique. Um, because at the end of the day, when the show is going, the cameras are in your face and the fire is hot, you're going to forget all about everything and you're just going to be yourself. So if you can do that from the beginning, that is absolutely key. Um, don't be shy. Okay. I want to hear why you think you're going to be good for uh, this type of show. Um, and especially with a show like this where barbecue is at the heart of it, we want to know what your point of view is and what your unique take is on barbecue so we know how your food's going to stand out. If somebody goes on a bit of a tangent to say, hey, I'm a really good barbecue for these reasons they list out, but then also say, oh, by the way, I make a really good Asian chop suey or I'm a really good uh, soft, over easy soft egg cooker or something outside of the live fire realm this isn't something that's going to count against it shouldn't necessarily be just barbecue related but include barbecue in your whole culinary skill piece yeah, I, I mean, especially for this, I, I would say barbecue and beyond. It's great. If you watch season one, a lot of the challenges went beyond barbecue. There were side challenges and, and different proteins and all sorts of different non-live fire elements to the challenges. So if people do have experience outside of barbecue, if they love to sous vide food or they are a cast iron queen or whatever the case may be, the more information you can give us on your culinary expertise, barbecue and beyond, uh, it's fantastic. As viewers, we watch six, eight episodes. They're 40 minutes a piece or whatever the finished product is. But there's a lot of raw time that's going on that I don't think people really understand. Which leads me to this question. For anybody that ends up getting the offer, and if you can't answer specifically, maybe just kind of a high-level answer, what kind of time would people be needing to set aside to get to location and then shoot and do all this other stuff? I would imagine if you're voted off pretty quickly, you're being sequestered at some point too and, and not just let right off the ranch. So... What kind of a time piece do people need to look at to tell their employer, wife, or whatever, husband? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And I think that we're in an interesting time uh, with COVID and, uh, you know, restrictions and making sure that everyone uh, is clear and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't have an exact time range, but I would say it can range anywhere from two to four weeks. Um, but that's more of a production call, and I don't know uh, the exact answer. But the people who are in the running will absolutely know that. But uh, there's a lot of things still in the air for season two. When you're on this kind of a show, are the contestants paid? Or is being, TV, being on TV and that associated exposure kind of uh, pay to play, if you will? Yeah, um, you know, on the casting side, we don't really deal with that. Um, so for us, we're looking for people that are going to apply to the show, whether they're paid uh, or not. Um, so I know that that has all worked out on the production side of things. So I don't want to uh, quote, uh, you know, the wrong thing there. Um, but, you know, I've worked on a lot of different food shows. and There's a lot of different setups. Sometimes there are stipends. Um, sometimes there are not. Um, but again, specifically for this, I don't know uh, the exact setup. But again, those that are moving forward will find that out. From an application standpoint, as we talk about just getting ramped up here, is there anything that I haven't asked you about or that you would like to specifically talk about that I missed or circle back on just to clarify? Um, I think that one of the main things is people look at shows like this and they say, I don't know, that might seem beyond my skills. And my answer to that is let us decide, right? Please put your name in the hat. Uh, we have a lot of people here that uh, you know have worked on a lot of shows. Our goal isn't to set people up to fail. Uh, this is a very positive show. So uh, we are looking for the best amateurs out there and we hope that people apply and, and sort of let us take them through that journey and decide if they're the right fit or not. 
I would imagine, and I don't know if you have a thought on this or not, but there has to be a percentage of applicants that think that this show is going to be the one that springboards them into some type of TV fame associated fortune. Is that something that reveals itself to you and the casting department pretty quickly through an application read or a video watch or not necessarily? I, you know, it's hard to say what people's motivations are. I think for us, as long as they feel genuine and they are actually passionate about barbecue and this journey um, and the challenges that they'll face, that goes a really long way. Um, you know, we all know that there are upsides of being on, on television, um, but for us, we're really just looking for people who are truly passionate and, and uh, you know, hopefully good things come to them. I've heard through a number of different folks that they fear that shows that are within this genre work to manufacture drama or encourage and or incite smack talking and things like this. Is that like a, a thing that's actively practiced in these kind of shows or, or is that somehow been rumored around and it's just picked up steam for no good reason other than just being bad information? Um, you know, I can only speak about the shows that I've worked on. Um, I think that especially on this show, you'll see from season one, it really spoke about the community that is in the barbecue world. Uh, the contestants on season one were always happy to help each other out, encourage each other. There really was not any bad blood, um, you know, on season one and, uh, you know, clearly they're not trying to produce that. So, uh, for this show in particular, I think that we are all about people that uh, are going to have a positive energy and a positive approach to this. Um, and we want to watch people that we want to see succeed. Kevin Bloodsoe, Melissa Cookson were judges last year. Are they set to come back or is that something else you'll be casting for? <laughs> I don't deal with uh, casting of the, the judges or hosts at all. Uh, I don't know what their status is. I will let uh, Netflix speak on that, but I, I personally hope they do come back. Well, I think you've just submarine my last question, but I'll ask it anyway. Why not? <laughs> okay. Has there been any discussion on getting a real host on the show that can not only interact with the judges, who are some of the most prolific competition and restaurateurs in the country, and moderate a conversation on that end, but also be able to talk to the contestants and ask them about their methods processes all while having a knowledge of how food competitions go down in a, in a general or high level sense. I have not heard of any of these conversations. <laughs> I, I would love to know. Um, but if you have any suggestions, uh, feel free to let me know. I could always pass that along, but, uh, uh, yeah, I'm out of the loop with the host conversation. I wish I could give you some insight, but not my, uh, not my, uh, cup of tea. My subtle questioning wasn't a wordsmithed quite so well. Oh, shocking. <laughs> is that like, I mean, is that weird? Like sometimes you'll have a show that you think is a hit and from one season to the next, it's like a dynamic change in either format or they will, a show that seemed to do pretty well that had no host, the next season gets a host or they jack with the judges and it seems like where the viewing audience has bought in enough to create a need 
or a want for the production company and associated network to give them another season, they still go in and, and toy around with it. Like what's the, this is your speculation, of course, but why do you think that there's like a, a continued jacking around with shows that might've been pretty successful right from the jump? Yeah. I mean, this goes back to, to network decisions and I'm sure they have all sorts of data and analytics and feedback from people to try to twist and tweak and get the most uh, perfect show. So um, that's the problem. Everyone has their own version of perfect. Um, and it's interesting to see sometimes the changes work, sometimes they don't. Um, I'm hoping, you know, that they keep the same spirit for season two. I really loved um, the good hearted nature of everything. And, um, you know, we're, we're still casting for those rootable people that you want to see and learn more about. So um, that's, you know, the direction that, that we keep hearing. So we're, we're excited to uh, hopefully present a whole new round of barbecuers for, uh, for all your viewers and listeners uh, that they'll really love. Uh, certainly you're tasked with getting this cast. Uh, any idea from a high level when we might see a season two unveil to us? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I don't know the exact date uh, that will rely on post-production, but I do know that filming is set to take place in early uh, next year. So probably around that January, February, and that could of course always change, but sure. that's what we've been told. Um, so it'll be definitely some time after that. Um, but as with most shows I work on, I want it as soon as possible because I want to see how it all turns out. No doubt. Uh, Stephanie Lewis joining us here on the show, casting director for the upcoming season two American Barbecue Showdown. Uh, again, we have about three weeks. Do we have a hard date on when that application closes? So I can stick that in the show notes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, casting is set to wrap on October 8th. So sometime before then, don't wait for that last day. That's right. Don't be the last one. And, you know, in sales, we always say you like to be the first or you like to be the last. But in casting, don't be the last because you'll be don't the be first. The last. Don't be don't the last. Don't be the last. That's right. Show a little initiative and uh, do it. And be yourself for crying out loud. This has been a, a wonderful conversation. We've got to really see that curtain pulled back. And hopefully, uh, A, this has inspired some folks to get off the fence. As you had mentioned, don't think it's too big for you. Let you guys, the professionals, decide if it's going to be too big or not. And then uh, all the other encompassing information has been uh, really great and something that we haven't been able to learn about on the show in the 13 years that we have been doing it and the, probably the 10 or 11 that there's been some type of barbecue television on. So we certainly appreciate that. Um, do you, Are you already have a, a second or are you next project lined up after you're done with the American Barbecue Showdown that you're going to be working on that you could promote or talk about? Um, you know, I don't at this point, uh, the joys of freelance work, you know, you go from one to the next, but I'm sure I'll get something lined up right now. But, uh, right now I'm still going to stay focused on uh, the American barbecue showdown. If people do want to apply, uh, the website is bbqshow.castingcrane.com. Um, that is, it takes you straight to the application. And again, that's bbqshow.castingcrane.com. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing and hearing from all your, your viewers and listeners. And thanks for having me on. This has just been wonderful. Stephanie, my pleasure once again. And uh, we'll try and push as many qualified people your way. And, of course, I will take all the credit when they become fame, fortune, and mansion living, private jet flying, of course. Rolex Absolutely. That's, that's the joy. That's right. Yeah, do, do it. 100%. Thanks again, Stephanie. Really appreciate it. Thank you. You got it. Bye-bye. There she is. Stephanie Lewis. 
I don't think we've ever had a casting director on this show before. Look at us. We're growing. Two new people on the show today, Stephanie and Bill. This is 2021 has been, I don't know if you guys are keeping track or not, but 2021 has been a prolific year of new guests to the show in all forms and fashions. I mean, this is, aside from John Marcus, Stephanie might be the highest ranking TV executive official professional that we've ever had on the show. We've had a lot of competitors. I'm not saying that they're not professional. But when it comes to making decisions or being part of the major decisions of who's going to be on a show and who's not, I mean, few are tops than Stephanie Lewis, the casting. You hear the title, right? Casting director. So let's go, everybody. Let's go. I know you sit there and you watch those shows. You're like, man, if they'd only cast me. This show would take off. I'm going to be the next Byron Mixon. I'm going to be the next Mo Kaysan or the list goes on. I'm going to be the next David Bosco or the next Diva Q, blah, blah, blah. Well, you can't hide by behind the old, I just didn't know about it. Of course, now you know, and you have weeks left, but don't be the last one on October 8th. Give me the A this time. Don't give me the F. John Marcus did not. Andrew, you are not the fire. John Marcus did not do any of the American Barbecue Show. That is not a correct statement. On That is not a correct assumption, Doug. All right. Thanks again to Stephanie Lewis for joining me. That was great. I'll talk to you quickly about pits and spits, and then we will do a little horse recipeing, or maybe we will open up the phone lines and do some cheese or font for some Bubba Burger swag. I'm sure I have some cookbooks that I would never read that I could sign for you and send your way, if that's what you want. So if you want to take part, 216-220-0966, we'll do some type of a game porn star or athlete. I think I still have that somewhere. Since 1983, Pits and Spits has been handcrafting smokers and grills in Houston, Texas. In that time, Pits and Spits has established itself as one of the premier brands and high-quality offset smokers and more recently pellet cookers. Pits and Spits has set itself apart by using heavy 7 and 10-gauge stainless in every cooker. Fully welded construction that you can feel when you use the unit. 304 stainless roll top lid and front shelf on every single smoker. So why does it matter? Well, by using higher quality materials, pits and spits smokers reach and maintain temperatures, allowing you to worry more about the meat than the heat. By providing a fully welded smoker, you don't have to worry about grease or smoke leaking out of the barrel or that grill rattling apart as you move it through the backyard. And by using 304 stainless steel, you're getting an heirloom quality product that you can pass down to your kids if they deserve it. Now, where some companies focus on being a low-cost provider, Pits and Spits focuses on craftsmanship and using quality materials. Are there cheaper ways to manufacture these products? Yes. Do they like tack welds, cheap stainless electronics that you can't trust? Hell no! Having in-house manufacturing gives them complete control of the design and standards. Not something you find with stuff brought in from overseas. They're a steel supplier, supply of material to be used in some of the harshest environments around, so they're going to perform in any and all conditions. 
And lastly, their controllers are made right here in the States. They have unimpeded transparency into the program. Pits and Spits is sold through a dealer network across the country. If there isn't one close to you, call Coy in the shop. Tell them the Barbecue Central Show told you to call 844-650-6250. Whether you're a backyard grill master looking to cook steaks for the family or a competition team smoking 50 racks of ribs, Pits and Spits has a product for you. You can check them out online, pitsandspits.com, all spelled out, or see their Pits in the Wild across social media with their handle at Pits and Spits. Open segment coming up. Who knows what could happen next? Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion being brought to you by Smithfield.com. Through the rest of the grilling season, which is all year, get tips and tricks from dudes like Chris Lilly and Darren Worth and Ernest Cervantes and Childs Cridlin champion pitmasters you see mouth-watering flavor no artificial ingredients smithfield fresh pork quite simply some of the finest pork money can buy trusted choice of world champ pitmasters for use in competitions and at home and at my home i love smithfield fresh pork smithfield fresh pork pork tenderloins are some of the best shout out also if you're a competitor and you're a committed cook make sure that you're referencing your first plate uh, first place ribs and pork finishes over at smokinwithsmithfield.com. But for the recipes and everything else, smithfield.com is just fine. 216-220-0966 if you want to jump in for your chance to win some free stuff. What else do I have over there? Looks like some shirts or some stuff in that. Uh, There's also a Bubba Burger, not small, small, but not real large, soft-sided cooler. I have plenty of coolers. So I don't need one necessarily. But if you're interested in that, then certainly we can go ahead and do any of that. All right, so I got a call coming in. Let me do something real quick. Uh-oh. Did I not tag this right? Oh, okay, we did. Oh, I see. I have it. Wrong. Right. And then we got that. All right. Let's go to the hotline. Why not? That's what I always say. Area code 615. Name and where you're calling from. What's up, Greg? Austin in Nashville. Uh, Austin, hold on a second. My sound is effed up. This is my fault. Uh, you just stand by. You just stand by right there. One second. Hmm, where's... Okay, stand by. I got to re uh, rehook up my thing, and we'll have you right back.
Awesome? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now we're winning. Now we're winning at life. Are you ready to... Hey, Austin, do you want to play a game? Let's play a game. All right. Tonight's game is called Porn Star or Athlete, where I will give you a name, Mm -hmm. and you will tell me if that's the name of an athlete or a porn star. So hopefully you're up on your athletes. Before we get going tonight, tell us a little bit about yourself, Austin. Uh, semi-amateur, non-professional barbecue cook. Cook the, back, uh, cook the backyard stuff. Um, just trying to learn. Cook right. next to, uh, good, good, good story, cook next to Bill uh, from Triple H Barbecue a few weeks ago. Really? So, yeah, I was cooking right. the backyard. He was on the pro side. A little uh, so. inadvertent show karma going over his way. See, I can work there it into go. my favor no matter what. All right, here we go. Let's go. Let's play this game here, Austin. Game, of course, porn, porn star or athlete. You got to get the best, uh, let's see, uh, three out of five. We All can right. do that. Let's go. Now, if you win, I will give you a choice of luxurious prizes that are well into the fives and tens of dollars. But you got to mm-hmm. win first. So here we go. Austin, right. porn star or athlete? Tanya Hansen. Athlete. Athlete. All right. Final answer? Yeah. All right. Lock him in on athlete. And Tanya Hansen, of course, is porn star. Oh, no. <laughs> You're not up on your porn stars there. All right. Next question. One X. So we, we still have still have some time. Get all flustered. Next name in porn star or athlete. Gina Ryder, porn star or athlete? Say Tina or Gina? With a G, like golf. Gina, Gina. Ryder. No Googling. I'm going athlete. Right? Final answer? Yep. Lock him in. Gina Ryder, of course, is a porn star. Come on! Come on now. Now, things have changed a little bit. Oh, okay. All right. Getting crazy with my bets. You got to you gotta run the table here on the way out. All right. Got to get these three. So you got to get this one first. Porn star or athlete? Hmm. I can't say that name without laughing. Oliver Buff, porn star or athlete? I'll go athlete. Final answer? Yeah. All right. Going athlete. Oliver Buff is indeed an athlete. Look at you. Look at that. Got one. Got to get the next two. Probably a squash player. (laughs) I bet you are. Next name. Got to get this one right to keep going. Porn star or athlete? Ivana Mandic. Porn star or athlete? 
Definitely an athlete. Definitely an athlete. Sure about that? Yeah. Final answer? Yep. Yep. Locking him in, Ivana Mandic is definitely a athlete. Look at you. That's right. From the WNBA, believe it or not. All right. I can't believe we worked all the way down to this question. Takes the cake, if you can believe it. Somehow you have worked the magic suspense all the way here to question number five. Porn star or athlete? Dallas Drake. Porn star or athlete? Athlete. Okay. Final answer? Final answer. Wow. We've all been here to question number five. There's been a lot of winners and a lot of losers. Dallas Drake is the final answer given to us by Austin, trying to walk away with five and ten dollar prizes. And Dallas Drake is one hundred percent an athlete. Yeah, <laughs> look at this guy. I knew it. Look at this guy. Well, congratulations, Austin. Aside from being a loyal centralite, which I certainly appreciate. You have shown your wherewithal on your knowledge of athletes versus porn stars. And by the way, if we can go down the line, you did not know any porn stars, but you knew all of the athletes. So that's very good for you. Make sure my, uh, make sure my wife is listening. That's right. We'll, we'll say that extra loud uh, on the podcast that you can take in later. All right, so you have some uh, prizes to choose from here, Austin. Uh, I'm sure I have some type of cookbook that I could uh, email you a selection of and then you can pick one out. I have a Bubba Burger soft-sided cooler. I have some Bubba Burger t-shirts. So you tell me right, what you cook. think. Let's go cookbooks. Cookbooks. All right. Cook so uh, send me an email and in the subject line put cookbook winner and then I will write back to you the list of items that I have and then you can pick one and then at that point you can say I would like you to sign it or send as is, or what have you, and then I will get it on its merry way to you. That's awesome. You the man. Uh, Austin, I appreciate you listening, and thank you mo- so much for playing the game. You are a most qualified host, by the way. I hope you get that uh, barbecue uh, <laughs> pitmaster host, host gig you're getting for. Thank well you. Well done. Thank you. Thanks for calling in tonight. There he is, Austin, right there. Send me that email, by the way. Well, everybody, that's going to do it for Porn Star or Athlete here tonight on the Barbecue Central Show. We thank Austin again for calling in and winning his selection of cookbooks, which I may or may not be autographed. Folks, this is Greg Rippey from Porn Star or Athlete saying make sure you have your pets spay or neutered, and we'll see you again next time on Porn Star or Athlete. All right. Well, look at you, Austin. Congratulations. I would have somebody else call in, but because he went the distance in Porn Star or Athlete, we are now at the crux of the show. So I will do a quick read here for Green Mountain Grills. You have two choices to choose from, a choice line and a prime line. 
The Prime line offering you the peak and the ledge. The Choice line offering you the Daniel Boone, regardless of which line you choose. Either of those three also will incorporate the pizza oven insert, which I highly suggest you get. A bunch of accessories for these cookers. Sold through Dealer Network. GreenMountainGrills.com is the place to go. Learn all about where the dealers are. Visit a dealer. Get educated. Take the one that's best suited for you home and be successful right off the bat. No buyer's remorse here when we're buying and dealing through a dealer network, and that's why they do it. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. Don't forget the Davy Crockett. Oh, I'm sorry, the uh, Trek, which is the portable one for football season, which is now in week two. So, and week three coming up for college football. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Vortic Watch Company, a small batch custom watch manufacturing and vintage restoration company located in northern Colorado. They take antique American pocket watches and turn them into wristwatches. Their mission, preserve and enhance the legacy of manufacturing excellence in America. In order to do that, they combine traditional and cutting-edge technology to create a unique quality functional timepiece with exceptional value. And here's the coolest part. Each watch that they make is unique and one of a kind. Vortic founded on the motto that America wasn't assembled. It was built. Check out VorticWatches.com for more information. Also, founded on the motto that we're not going to get bullied by Hamilton. F off. Sued originally right before they opened by Hamilton Watch, and they lost that. Hamilton lost. They immediately filed an appeal, and yesterday they lost the appeal. Get that weak stuff out of here, Austin Carr. Congratulations to the gang over there at Vortic Watches on the wind, and as they get ready to move into the new facility to increase manufacturing and all that good stuff. So we're waiting with bated breath. Railroad watches should be coming soon too, by the way. So I know a lot of you asking me about the bigger versions there, the 51 mils. That's the railroad watch. So stay tuned for that. I'll have more information later. All the way back in the first hour with Stephen Reichland. After that, it was winner of the American Royal Invitational 2021, Bill Hine from Triple H Barbecue, second hour. Stephanie Lewis talking about Casting for season two of the American Barbecue Showdown, and then Austin calling in right at the end and winning some cookbooks here on the show. Big show planned for you next week, of course. How do I always leave you? September 11th, 2001. I will never forget until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now. of Wine Library TV, a.k.a. WLTV, and this is BBQ Central.